Hello, and welcome to Formed, your weekly political conversation podcast that is driven by you, the listener. I am your host, Catherine, and I want to welcome you to episode two. I have been floored by the overwhelmingly positive responses that we have received since the launch of our podcast last week. We have had a few people gathering their thoughts to write letters. We've had a lot of questions and many interactions over social media. With that, I would like to formally announce that we have opened up both a Facebook page and a Twitter handle. Please find us on either platform. Our Twitter account is mostly news from a variety of conservative and liberal news outlets. We are hoping to gather your up-to-date opinion on a variety of topics in a timely manner. Mention us with the handle at Formed Podcast. Our Facebook page is going to take on a different tone. It will carry podcast news, excerpts from submitted letters, polls, dialogue questions, and interesting articles about dialogue and debate. We are hoping that this page will help you articulate formed opinions with others who may not always agree with you. As always, we hope that you are charitable in both your comments and in your patience as we start to steer our ship through these waters. Lastly, you can always find us on our website, www.formedpodcast.com. On our webpage, you will find our blog, our editorial guidelines, and a submission form for letters. We hope to hear from you real soon. And without further ado, our first letter. To the Republican Party and its members. Hi, I am a soon-to-be 30-something married female. I work as an occupational therapist at a nursing home, and in my spare time, I love to dance, cook, and travel. Now that you know a little bit about me, I'm ready to express my questions and concerns. My biggest worry since the election have been about this administration's energy plan. After seeing the effects of leaking pipelines on our limited water supply and the effects of breathing dirty air on our general health, I am worried about the well-being of my future children. I don't understand why there are absolutely no mentions of renewable energy solutions on whitehouse.gov. I worry that the options being presented are not sustainable solutions to keep our water, soil, and air clean. Congruently, I am very interested to speak to those who voted for Trump. I am genuinely interested in what the phrase make America great again means. What does it mean for you and do you believe politics are a way to achieve said greatness? Is greatness measured by the feelings and perceptions of the American public Or is it the reputation of the nation on the world stage? Is America's greatness measured by its politics or by the people that live there? Sincerely, a concerned citizen. This particular letter is linked to whitehouse.gov, which um, we will link up on our blog and in our show notes. If anyone would like to respond to a concerned citizen's letter, we would love to hear from you. Particularly if you felt like America has not been great for the past eight years, or if you have any enlightening facts regarding renewable energy or state-regulated environmental protections. I am particularly intrigued by the last question in this letter. How is greatness measured? And does the country have a consensus on what that might look like and how to get there? Send us your ideas. We would love to hear from you. And now I want to change gears a bit and do a small reflection on the past week and hopefully give you a reasonable action you can do when it comes to talking to other people about politics, both face-to-face and on social media. Again, I was totally floored by our responses this week. 
So many people were happy to help, thought this project was important, and are interested in its outcome. However, when pushed to write a letter, a lot of the responses I received on both sides of the political divide were centered around fear. I want to make this clear. Many people believe that their political opinions could put them in harm's way. And to be honest, I understand. I think a lot of us have already been operating under the general belief that our government and possibly foreign governments have access to our personal information. In the world of Facebook and online shopping, we know that our thoughts, buying patterns, and affiliations are being tracked, sold, and possibly stolen. For a lot of citizens, a change in administration has left them wondering if their virtual breadcrumbs will be used against them. In the same vein, we can often get lost in the terrible comment box drama that fills our screen. To me, it's sort of like a car crash. I know I shouldn't look, but I slow down anyway. I'm not a psychologist, and I have to humbly decline making any blanket statements about why so many people use the comment box to snipe at one another. As a user, my general impulse is to say my piece and then walk away because it's so easy. I can feel like I bested someone, and if I don't like the response, I can choose to ignore it or to re-engage, but it always feels like it's on my terms. You can't run away from real debate, which brings me to my last point. I don't think people are in the practice of disagreeing with one another face to face. We assume that everyone thinks like us because a lot of people are afraid to speak their minds lest they are pigeonholed or attacked. Possibly that is why so many people were surprised by the election results. The voting booth is a magical thing. There's no one behind you looking at you. There's no social media comment box. It's a quiet space and in that space you can tell people what you really think. So my small charge to you this week is to either pass by the comment box completely and opt for a face-to-face -face conversation, which I know can be terrifying, or to simply respond with a thoughtful question. Again, social media seems to be on your terms, so even if you don't go back to the original post to see the answer, you're at least making a statement that you're willing to engage instead of fight, and I think that can be a powerful thing. The last bit of our podcast will consist of news clips, we're currently working out a format, but for now I wanted to give you 10 who, what, when, where, whys that happened this week. Number one, the Democrats are in the process of electing a new DNC chair. Number two, various retail outlets have dropped Ivanka Trump's apparel line. Three, President Trump and Prime Minister Shinzo met and jointly denounced North Korea's test missile launch. Number four, Steve Munchen was confirmed as Treasury Secretary. Number five, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau met with President Trump. Number six, Dr. David Shulkin was elected as the new veteran secretary. Number seven, Michael Flynn, Trump's national security advisor, resigned amid controversy over communication with a Russian diplomat. Number eight, Linda McMahon was elected as administrator of small business administration. Number nine, Andrew Pudsner withdrew his nomination for Labor Secretary. And number 10, the Trump administration is in the process of proposing new rules to stabilize the healthcare marketplace before completely repealing Obamacare. Again, this isn't a full reel of American news, but some highlights to consider if you're interested in writing to us. Moving forward, we are hoping to have some more interesting thoughts on how to share and ingest news. However, we're excited with the direction that this podcast is heading in, and we cannot wait to pick up the conversation next week. But until then, form and be formed.